Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Hello! It's so good that I'm not a singer. Actually, maybe not. This is one thing that you probably don't know about me, but when I was a kid, I wanted to be Britney Spears. Maybe not exactly Britney Spears, but I wanted to be a singer so bad that I would come home from school and the first thing that I would do is I would take the telephone. So, you know, it's so crazy that we don't, not many people have portable phones anymore, but when I was growing up, you know, I mean, no one really has phones anymore aside from a cell phone, but we had the, the general home phones and you could, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, um, in this sense where you can check your voicemail on your home phone, you would like dial in a secret password and then you could listen to your voicemails from another phone. So anyways, I'd come home from school and I would take the phone and I would spend hours singing into the phone. Like I would record voicemails to the phone because I didn't have a cell phone. I was like 12 years old, maybe 11. I would spend so many hours singing, leaving voicemails so that I could hear what my voice sounded like because I also didn't have a tape recorder or any sort of technology like we do now. So I would use this as a way that I could hear my voice playback, hear what I sounded like, didn't like it, delete it, redo it. And I would do that over and over and over again because you could put in your password and then listen to yourself to your voicemail. So I just listened to these voicemails of me singing whatever song. (laughs) So I really wanted to be a singer, but anyways, just so funny when you think back like that, but you guys today, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking diabetes and wellness. There's some questions that you have sent in on this topic and I'm really excited to dive into it because we haven't really talked about wellness in terms of diabetes all that much. And before we dive in, I do want to give a shout out to Jorge. He is in my Fat Loss for Type 1s program. And for those of you who don't know much about Fat Loss for Type 1s, it's my fat loss program that teaches you step-by-step how to lose fat with type 1 diabetes. So you learn, it's all about macros, macronutrition and, and strength training. And so you learn how to set your macros and calories for fat loss. And then you learn initial cardio starting recommendations and how to implement a proper strength training program. You learn the basics of everything that you need to know when it comes to achieving your fat loss goal with type one and maintaining your fat loss goal. And then we go over how to keep your blood sugar stable with exercise. It's all of the things that I wish I knew at the very beginning of my fitness journey. So I put everything into one place and I work with you for six weeks. You get lifetime access to the course, but I'm there in the trenches with you. We journey together for six weeks. And by the end of the program, you just, you feel so confident with how to lose fat with type one diabetes. And it's, it's just so fun to watch all of you amazing people who are in the course, all of my students. Hello. If you're listening, um, all of you guys who have put so much time and effort into 
making your fat loss happen. And it's been so amazing to see the results that you guys have been achieving. And achieving successful fat loss is such a slow process. So it takes a lot of time and consistency and patience. But I wanted to shout out Jorge because he has lost six pounds. Four weeks in, he's lost six pounds, which is really amazing. And just just seeing the progress so far, it's been amazing. So Jorge, if you're listening, keep up the amazing work. I'm so, so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you and all, all of the hard work that you've been putting in. And we are going to be launching Fat Loss for Type 1s in January 2020, early January. I think it'll be the second week in January. We only launch a couple times a year. And so the doors will be open in January for anyone who is interested or wanting to start the new year with, um, with, with a fat loss goal so that you can have all the tools you need and start, start getting there. So by summertime, you can have that beach body that you've always wanted. That was always such, such a big goal of mine. When I think back, it's like, I wanted to wear a bikini at the beach, um, but in, in that sense too, if you guys are wanting to lose fat right now and you haven't downloaded my free ebook and my free audio training, why the heck not? It has 12 steps that are going to help you get started along your fat loss journey. In the meantime, before we launch Fat Loss for a Type 1, so if you implement all of these steps, then you're going to probably start making progress towards your fat loss goal, but at the very least, you'll have the knowledge that's going to help you and really understand some key things to focus on because in I think in the world that we live in today, there's just like so many different things that it can almost make it more overwhelming to know what we should focus on and what we shouldn't. So if you want to lose fat, definitely check out this ebook. Go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash type one, and I'll also link to this in the show notes. And y'all, if you haven't already taken a second to subscribe to this podcast, please take this next second to subscribe because it'll ensure that you don't miss out on weekly episodes, bonus episodes, anything coming up. You'll really, you'll get, you'll be the, the first to know because it'll pop up in your podcast listening area, you'll get a notification. Um, so take a second to do that. And then also, if you haven't left me a review, if you leave a review, it means the world. I appreciate you so much. And when you leave a review, it really expands the reach of this podcast and it makes it possible for other people who are struggling or they are looking for information regarding type one or fitness or any of the things that we talk about. It'll really ensure that this podcast reaches those people, which is the whole point. So do take a couple of seconds to leave me a review, even if it's just dropping a, a couple hearts, some love, leave me some love. And, um, I just, yeah, it'll just make sure that those people will have the opportunity to hear this information because together we are stronger. We can lift each other up and I love you. So before further ado, let's just go ahead and dive into this Q&A episode. So the first question is from Rachel. How do you get through the hard diabetes days? Rachel, thank you for this question. And to be completely honest with you guys, I used to really struggle with this and it's because I am so hard on myself and I, I, I'm a lot better than I used to be, but I used to really beat myself up if my blood sugars 
weren't in range or even if I missed a day at the gym. It's like everything, if it wasn't how I wanted it to be, I would really beat myself up about it. And people could say to me, Taja, you know, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. But it still was a hard thing for me. So if you're anything like me, if you tend to be extra hard on yourself, then you can probably relate to that. But what I do, I think now is the most important thing is just let go of trying to be perfect. Let go of your perfectionism habits because perfectionism only holds you back and nobody is going to be perfect. No diabetic I know has perfect blood sugars 110% of the time. And if you're worried about health complications and if you're feeling bad because if you don't have blood sugars, you might think that if you don't have good blood sugars, you might think that your health is being jeopardized. But you can have shitty diabetes days and still be healthy and still be free of complications and still have a healthy A1C. And so just knowing that you're not alone and that it's normal to have not so great days that everyone has them and that you're, you're going to be okay. That, that I hope will just relieve a little bit of that pressure and make you feel a little bit better when it comes to getting through those days because we all have them. And when you look on Instagram, you might see highlight reels and good blood sugars. And that's only one small part of diabetes. As you know, like I could have a good diabetes day, a good blood sugar day and feel amazing about it. But then I could have five days that just aren't so great. And so we only tend to show the highlight reels and the things that make us feel good about ourselves, but in reality, there's going to be a whole bunch of things that probably don't make us feel super awesome. And obviously not everyone wants to share the lows. And so it's just important to remember that you don't need to be perfect to be healthy and you don't need to be perfect to be successful or to know that you're on the right track. So that's how I get through my days now. I just really let go of any sort of need to be perfect. And I really just try to let it go and just know that no matter what, I'm still, I'm still going to be okay. So Rachel, I hope that that helps you a little bit. And I'm sorry that I can't give you just a straight up answer that you can apply right away, like a step-by-step, here's what you need to do to get through. I wish I could give you that, but I think it's going to be different for everyone because we're all so different. And I just hope that that this one little tip that helps me, I hope that it helps you as well. So number two is from Dom and Dom says diabetes distress is an important topic. So I want to make sure that I'm answering this properly, but I don't know if I am. So I'm just going to, I'm going to not assume because you never want to assume anything, but this to me means like ways to really make sure that you are not stressed and really focusing more on mindfulness, which is what I do. And it's something that I've really implemented in my own life in the last year. And I I don't know if you feel this way too, but I've really noticed that in other areas of my personal life, not diabetes related, there's been situations in my life that have really made me have to do things in a certain way that in return, it has helped my diabetes so much. And so an example of this is like when I first started my own business, 
I had to very quickly, well, actually not very quickly, in the last year especially, I've really had to focus a lot more on mindfulness because in order to really be open and able to receive the things that you are calling in, like in order to build your business and I mean, it's, it's hard work. There's probably other situations that you might be able to relate to maybe a little bit better, but with my business, it's just, it's been a huge learning curve. And in order to really get to that next level, it's, I've had to focus on my mindset because the success isn't just about the doing, it's also about the being. And when you are able to be in a place where you can receive the things that you want, then you achieve such a higher level of success. And so what do I mean by this? I mean that you really have to focus on your inner game in order to expand your ability to do more things effectively without burning out because it's not all about the doing. It's also about the being. And so if you were to work like 15 hour days, 20 hour days, you, if you were to just work all the time and hustle, 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 that is not, that's going to get you started. Maybe like I hustled so much at the beginning of my business, but it doesn't get you to where you want to be in the long term. And it's important that at some point you have to really take a step back and focus on really building your mental game and working through personal areas in your life in order to just get to that next level. So I hope that kind of makes sense, but it's something that I've really had to work in, work on. And as I've been doing this, as I've made meditation a practice, as I've been going through a lot of personal development and working on like rebuilding areas in my life and looking at my inner child and my just being my authentic self and learning so much about myself, I have found that it has really helped my diabetes and my blood sugars because it really gets you more connected and more grounded and helps you kind of just focus on your on your inner game and and not stress as much. So there's a lot of letting go, I think, that's part of this, but it really has not only helped my business and manifesting things that I want in my life, but it's also helped my health and my wellness and my diabetes. So in order to de-stress, long story short, I know I'm like rambling off here, but I would say really focusing on taking a second to yourself and making mindfulness more of a practice in your daily life. And even if that just means a couple minutes to practice gratitude every single day, that alone can be such a big step in helping you really just distress overall. And inside of my BBG program, I have, uh, it's a meditation that I do every single day. So that is included in the balanced body guide. And you, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash BBG. And, um, it basically, if you, if you're not familiar with BBG, it's a program that I put together because when I launched my fat loss for type ones, cause we only launch a couple times a year, the BBG program is the nutrition portion and it's a membership. So it's like a monthly fee that you pay in order to learn about your macros, how 
and it's all for fat loss too. So you learn about your macros, how many calories your body needs, and you learn all of the basics of nutrition when it comes to macros and tracking your macros. And then I support everyone doing live Q and A's in a monthly, um, on a monthly basis inside of a private members only Facebook group. So it does include the meditation there that I do every single day. That's a great way to get started and just de-stress because stress is really kind of a killer. (laughs) All right. So Carrie says, this is number three. Carrie says, how about overcoming the fears of low or high blood sugar? Carrie girl, this is a fantastic question too. That really has me thinking because it's, it is such a fear, isn't it? Like just knowing that your life is determined on your blood sugars, like your quality of life and life or death really, right? Like if you go too low or too high, it's just, it's kind of a scary thing when you really think about it in that context. And to be honest, I don't think about it that often and maybe I should, maybe I suppress thinking about it because I don't want to feel afraid, but I, I understand that this could be such a, such a prominent fear in many people's lives because when I do think about it, it is a little bit scary. So for me, I, I, I personally, I've never, well, that's a lie. I've, I have been afraid of low blood sugars and I, one thing that I've noticed in my own personal life, like I've always been very sensitive to my blood sugars and not everyone is like this, but ever since I was diagnosed when I was nine, I've been able to feel my blood sugar dropping. So if I went low in the middle of the night, because back in the day we did not have CGMs. And so my body would naturally wake up on its own. So I always felt very lucky to have that ability. And I was nervous getting a CGM because I was nervous that I would lose that ability, just having the alarms and being used to the alarms. And then for when it comes to high blood sugar, when my blood sugar is high, I get very severe anxiety. And it it's not just like, like, oh, I feel it's like, it's, it's bad anxiety. Like I used to get severe panic attacks where I couldn't go into the movie theater or my boyfriend and I Back in the day, we would like go to see a movie and we would buy our tickets and then I'd be like, sorry, I got to (laughs) go. Like my anxiety was so bad. And when I first got a CGM and I could track my blood sugars and I could look and see what I noticed was that when even if my blood sugar was normal, if I had an arrow that was trending up, I it triggers anxiety in my body. Um, so for the longest time, I thought I was crazy. I just thought it was me and I didn't know why I had anxiety. I felt like I was going to die, but just knowing that my blood sugars trigger this inside my body kind of helped me deal with my anxiety because I could understand where it was coming from. So when I started feeling anxious, I knew that I wasn't about to die. I wasn't about to have a heart attack. It was just my blood sugars warning me that, hey, something in my body, something in your body is not right. So that has been that has been something that's been interesting. But when it comes to overcoming the fears of low or high, I think the biggest thing is just just really trusting and letting go, trying to do your best to let go of the fear and try to 
let go of holding on to that feeling and just trust that your body, your guidance, your personal guidance, like where I think the universe guides everyone, whatever you believe in, spirit, God, like whatever it is, we have guidance individually. And I think just letting go of your fear and trusting that you are going to be okay might help you to let go of that that anxious and anxiety and that fear that you might be holding on to when it comes to low and high blood sugar. And then if you don't have a CGM, a CGM has really helped me a lot too. But I think that's probably the number one thing. And I don't know, Carrie, if this helps at all, because I don't know what you're what you believe in or how you feel. But that is something and I, I practice this in all areas of my life, just letting go and just trust, trusting in the universe and that you're going to be okay and that everything that happens is going to happen for you, not to you. And when you can just kind of let go and of that fear, I, I found personally it does help me a lot. So I hope that that helps you too. I'm sorry I can't give you a more specific answer, but just really having a trust in a higher power has helped me out a ton. And I honestly, you guys, I don't believe in God, but I am a very spiritual person. And so just, um, just having faith, I guess, can can help you a lot in situations like that because you can't always control what's going to happen. And even if your blood sugar is fine or perfect, you still you don't you can't control everything all the time. And when you are able to just kind of let go a little bit, then I think you might even be able to have better management because when we hold on to this fear and this constant like need to control or worry, which is really hard to do, speaking from experience here, but um, it is, I, I'm such a worrier, but it is, it is so helpful when you can just really try to let go a little bit and just have a bit of faith. All right, so on piggybacking on that topic, the last question that we have, number four, is high or low, easier to recover? Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, I think this is going to be different for everyone. And I think also too, we're probably all affected so differently when it comes to highs and lows because what I've noticed personally is like back in the day when my A1C used to ride around like a seven or eight and my blood sugars were always a little bit higher. What I noticed was that when I did have a low, I was affected so much more by the low. Like I would be sweaty. I would just be completely out of it for a blood sugar that like wasn't super crazy. But when my A1C got down to a range of like the fives and sixes, I find that my I'm able to like my blood sugar can be lower but I don't feel as affected by it unless it goes like super low and then sometimes even I could be like I guess it depends how fast your blood sugar is dropping too because sometimes at a 50 50 milligrams per deciliter I'll feel super out of it and then other times if it's not dropping super fast then I won't really feel super out of it at all so I think it just depends like how how affected you are but for me personally, I, I would say that I used to be affected a lot more by um, by lows or actually or highs because highs give me such bad anxiety and it takes it me longer 
it just takes it longer for your blood sugar to come down from a high, right? Like that's probably why I have such an issue with rage bolusing because I, um, I am just so not patient in waiting for my blood sugar to go down. Whereas like you might find that when your blood sugar goes low, you are so affected by it that you have a tendency to overcorrect with glucose tablets or juice boxes or whatever. And so you end up with a high. And so either way it can be hard to recover, but now Honestly, to give you a more specific answer to this question, two things. One is it's such a personal thing, like we're all going to be affected differently and depending on where your A1C is too. And then two, I would say that it really depends how fast your blood sugar is dropping because if my blood sugar is dropping super fast, I could be having a great day. I could be hit with a low and then be totally exhausted. And then another day I could have a double arrows up. I could be going high super fast and it could take me hours to bring it back down within a normal range. So for the rest of that afternoon, I could be feeling like a lethargic mess and not even want to do anything. And when I think of that, I literally just want to throw up because high, the feeling of high blood sugar is just not good for me at all. So I don't know, man, this is such a hard question, but both are super hard to recover. I think just depending on how fast you're dropping and then like what range you're sitting at. So that, that is my answer. Like both could be equally difficult depending on numerous things and also just individually, like how sensitive you are to to both highs and lows. And then guys, on just like an added topic, on a little bonus topic here, I just wanted to say that something I feel is not discussed a lot in the in the community is mental health and wellness because with type 1, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've struggled for so long with anxiety and I really do believe that it is from having type 1 diabetes and I think that we for anyone who does struggle from anxiety I mean my anxiety is so much better now and I really do believe that having a Dexcom has helped me manage my anxiety because I'm able to kind of understand what triggers me better and I have more awareness and so just knowing that makes me feel like I have more control over it but I feel as though everyone is affected differently and because our blood sugar, when it fluctuates, I think that it's it signals to the body on some level that, hey, something's wrong here. And it's like a protective mechanism to really just protect your body, right? Like that our bodies are meant to survive. And so I think that anxiety is just a way that it, it, it tries to do that. But so often it's not talked about because we have an invisible illness and so it can be a little bit challenging and I always used to feel ashamed of having anxiety I mean I used to feel ashamed of having diabetes too but I felt ashamed of having anxiety because it was so bad when I was younger that I I hated that it was the reason that sometimes I couldn't do things and so I just want you to know that if you have anxiety or if you've ever struggled with anxiety on top of diabetes, that you are not alone. And sometimes it just takes a bit of time to really become more aware of like what triggers your anxiety. But for me personally, it's been a huge, a huge thing that has helped me over the years in just managing it a little bit better. So I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not crazy. And there's always, there's always a way that you can 
find a little bit more freedom around it, you know? Just, I think self-awareness is the biggest thing overall. So you're not alone. And if you enjoy this episode, again, please do take a second to subscribe, leave me a review, tell me what you liked about it, take a screenshot of you listening to it and post it on your Instagram story, tag me in it. And I will, I can't wait to shout you out. I love you and I hope you have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you same time next week. 